0: Thank you for joining me for the Sermon of the Week! Coming to you from Studio B, housed inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks. 728 North Main Street, Laurie, Missouri. The Sermon of the Week is brought to you by the New Old School Podcast and Church at the MHC. Join me today as we revisit our Sunday morning service, September 26, 2021. Today's Sermon of the Week, Overtaken, but not forsaken. Sometimes, some miracles happen when we get down to nothing. Isn't that right? We want the miracle to come at the beginning of the story. Like, we never want to have to have the issue. We never want to get into that spot where we say, how in the world did I get into this? We want the, but a lot of times, what I've noticed is it happens at the end of the story. That the miracle comes when you're down to nothing. Which is the perfect spot for a miracle to happen, by the way. You know, I always love it, and I say this in a strange way. When people come to me and they say, the doctor said there's no more that I can do. And I'm like, wow, you're in the best spot for a miracle. You're in the perfect spot for a miracle to happen. There's no more that can take place. But when we get to that point, and here's, here's why it happens. When we get to that point where we run out of options and that's human nature, isn't it? Well, I guess I'll pray now. (laughs) Hey, I need the prayer warriors to get on this now because it's gotten as bad as it's going to get when we should have prayed at the beginning, right? But that's all right. That's human nature. That's just what we do when we have options, right? And so it's not that God's holding out exactly as is that we did not realize that we actually needed God to handle it to begin with because I got this, I've got some skills, I've got some talents, I've got some connections, I know some people, I've got a little bit left, it might work out, I don't know. And so when we have those options, then we don't always look to God for an answer right away because we think, well, I can handle this one. I can do this one. I wanna talk about it today. Exodus 14 is where we're going. Starting in verse three, for Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land and the wilderness has closed them in. We know the story. They're coming out of over 400 years of slavery. And so they're coming out, and we see that God brought them out of captivity. I mean, a miracle happened, right? Sent Moses, sent signs and wonders, and Pharaoh's like, they're not going anywhere. I mean, he doubled down, and he tripled down, and he got nasty. and, And so, I mean, things had to happen, and finally he's like, get them out of here. Get these people out of here. They're not even worth it anymore. And God worked a miracle, right? And not just that, he healed all their bodies, it says. Praise God, they came out of there healthy and whole after all of that. And I mean, you know, they're riding high. They're they're the first generation that's going to get out of slavery when it's been 435 years of generations being born into slavery. And it could be that way in your life as well, just slavery and sickness and diseases and the oppression. And my family's always been this way, and it's gotten me caught. No, 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 you can come out of that. You can be the first generation that won't. Well, they all did. Well, I'm not. I'm just going to be the first one. That reminds me of a guy that came to healing school one night. He had an incurable disease. He was back down to where he was in a wheelchair. And he brought his... his doctor, he kept telling us, his, his doctor's like, why are you getting better? This disease never goes backwards. It always continues forwards, but yet I'm seeing progress in you I've never seen. Well, I go to this healing school back at the, this when we were at the coffee shop. I go to, I go to a healing school at the coffee shop on Tuesdays and, and hear what it is that God has to say. Well, this man was a, a so-and-so, a, kind of a, an elder in the Lutheran church, this doctor Well, I want to see what this is all about. And he walked in there that night, and I just nailed him with Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. But he told him, he said, hey, nobody has ever been cured of this. And he said, then I guess I'll be the first one. And that doctor came in there that night and heard Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. And he said, my God, I came in here to prove it wrong, and God proved it right. I mean, he stood up and had to admit I'd never heard all these scriptures before. Glory to God. So you can be the first one is my point. They're coming out of 400 years of slavery. But isn't it true that when we get past one thing, gosh, there always seems to be another. Well, welcome to life. It's not fair. It's not fun. It's not right. It's always right there to try to get us again. Isn't that right? I mean, and it could be even the same thing that we overcame. Tries to come back and knock on the door again. Addictions. Addictions anger issues we had with people right it's always there trying to come back around and that's just life and guys it's always going to be that way this little little stupid pesky thing called life if you're living jesus said i'm going to be with you in troubles meaning you're going to be in some it's a promise you're going to be in some you're going to have some troubles in life and it happens and so not everybody and everything wants to do things my way so there's going to be challenges right there's going to be things that are going to irritate us Because I think my way is the right way, but y'all aren't cooperating, you know? (laughs) What's the problem here, you know? You know, like uh, the post on Facebook, I just need a hug and $5 million. What's the problem, (laughs) you know? Somebody cooperate, okay? I got the hugs, but, (laughs) (laughs) right? Right? But it's frustrating, right? It's frustrating because, man, I had some victories. I thought we were going somewhere. I thought we were moving and this other thing's going to show up in my life. This other issue's going to come along. And so, but I believe that we've been looking at it all wrong because it is frustrating. We, it's an opportunity to get angry. We get mad. We, God, where are you? I mean, I just saw, I mean, this, and that's what happened with them, right? They, they just saw God supernaturally deliver them and then they're turning around going, why, God, why? We had it better in Egypt. No, you didn't. But it's that kind of frustration that can get you to think irrationally. It can get you, it can it throws you off, messes with your mind. But we've been missing something. I think there's something here that we've really been missing, something supernatural in the middle of a mess. And so here they are. They're they're their Pharaoh said, Oh, I got them. They're they're trapped. I've got them trapped. And they were literally in a trap here. And there's nowhere else to turn. Verse 9 So the Egyptians they pursued them. All the horses, Pharaoh's like, I know right where they're going. These idiots are trapped. They're walking into a trap. There ain't no way out. Get everybody. We're going to go and destroy them. Matter of fact, he said, we're going to wipe their entire race off of the planet. There won't be another speck of dust with these with these people, these children of Israel. We're going to kill them all. We're going to wipe them out. Nobody's ever going to find them again. And so he gets his horsemen. He gets his armies. He gets all. This is against a bunch of people that aren't even armed, by the way. And he's like, let's get the full battle array. We're going to go down there. We're going to slaughter them. We're going to murder him. We're going to take them out. And so he gets down there and overtook them by the camp by the sea. And so it's not fair, right? It's overwhelming. It's getting out of control really quick. I can feel the horse breathing on my neck. And I don't see any way to get out. Have you ever been there? You know, I mean, it's, it's right here. Like you, could, you can, how many of you could physically feel your issue? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, that's real, right? There's a spirit tied behind that thing. Where I can physically feel it sitting on my body. Oppression and depression. My body begins to hurt. I mean, it's, there's physical things that can happen to us. And it's all going downhill, but look at this in verse 13. I mean, now this is in the middle of, they're down there and they're like, why did you bring us here? And in the middle of all that, and hearing the horses coming, seeing Pharaoh coming over the hill, Moses said to the people, don't be afraid okay. Don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you will never see them again. There'll be no more. God's looking at your problem and he's like, I'm about to take it out. Don't you fear that issue that's right here. You'll never see it again. And that's the expectation that we got to have, that when it tries to come back around and say, I thought I got rid of you. What are you doing here? He said, you'll never see him again. There'll never be a problem for you again. Exodus 14, 14 through 16, the Lord will fight for you, and you will hold your peace. Shut up. Hold your peace. Because if you don't, you're going you're gonna to talk yourself right out of it. Shut up. Stop posting on Facebook. Be quiet. See the salvation of your Lord. I'm going through an issue like this right now where I'm just like, I got some things that I could pull up from the past that I'd like to say. I could really carve you up with some words. For what purpose? For what purpose? I will not see the salvation of the Lord in my mouth running. He said, You need to stand still and shut up and see the salvation. And I love this. He said, he's going to fight for you. Hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, and I love that statement too, if you think about it, hold your peace. Hold it. Hold on to your peace. Grab hold of your peace and hold on to it. Don't lose it now. Come on, even in the middle of, I mean, I see him coming. Hold your peace. Hold your peace. Don't let it get away from you. Keep hold of it. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. I heard you the first time. You don't have to keep crying. I heard you. Just tell him to move forward. That was the original plan. We're sticking to the original plan. Keep moving forward. And he's like, move forward? Do you see the sea? And so what did he do? Moses had to lift up his rod. Stretch out your hand over the sea, and I'll divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. What is to be the response of a believer? When you find yourself overwhelmed, outnumbered, outmanned, overtaken, and out of options, what are we to do? Come on, have you felt that way? I mean, it seems like everything is stacked against me. I can't seem to get past this issue. It's got me locked in, and there's another one upon me. And, and, and I mean, it, it can lead you to think it's done, it's over. I'm not happy about it, but there's nothing I can do. It's over. And so what do we do when we seem to be overtaken? Because isn't that what it said about these guys? It said that they were overtaken by the enemy. That it was a reality that the enemy was there, and they're about to be devoured. He's about to overtake them. The oppression is real. They feel it. They're scared. They know it's there. He said, hold your peace. And that's the reality for anybody, that there's times that it would just seem like Man, there's just not another option. I have ran through everybody and everything and nobody and nothing, and I have nowhere to go. I've prayed. I don't feel like I've heard anything. But listen, it's gonna come down to perspective, friends, because here's the deal. you, As a believer, you can be overtaken and not be forsaken. It can feel like you are overtaken, but you have not been forsaken. It can seem like all hell is mounted in attack against you, and I'm trapped, and there's nothing I can do. But what you got to see is you have not been forsaken. Did he not say, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I will not relax my grip upon you, assuredly not, says the Lord. He's not about to bail when you have. He's not about to give up when you have. Because he sees things that you don't even know. He sees things that he hasn't even existed in your life yet. Options that you didn't know were available yet. And so what do we do when we're helpless? What do we do when we've run out of options? We don't like that. We don't like that. We don't like to run out of options. It makes us mad. And it scares us, and we don't like to be scared. And that angers us when we get frustrated. It angers us when we get scared. And we don't like that. And then that fear causes us to act irrationally and to do things that aren't gonna fix it anyway, and it's just gonna get you deeper. The best thing to do when you're in a hole is quit digging. But we seem to dig, and we keep digging, right? Well, there's gotta be something else, right? Right? And it brings hopelessness and depression out of options. So option is defined as being something chosen, right? When we have options, we choose, right? right? It's something chosen, an alternative, different pathways to the same destination. And so we're a very option-oriented people, right? You buy a car, what are the options? Get insurance, what's my options? The doctor tells you something, I want options, I want other opinions, I want other options, I want some other things to choose, As what options do I have here? So we have another word that I want to toss in here, and this is the word that we're going to focus on. What about opportunity, though? What about opportunity? This is another word. It means circumstances that are favorable for the purpose to be accomplished. Do you know that God is creating a situation to be favorable to accomplish what it is in you? That he is making a way, that he is putting something in you. It also means good chance to advance yourself, a good moment to accomplish something. So it's favorable circumstances, opportunity, favorable circumstances. But what do we do when it seems that we've run out of opportunity? I, I can't even fix this if I could. It's not there anymore. What do I do and in the natural? It seems I don't have any more opportunities. The options, I'm, I'm boxed in. There's no way out. And so we say things like this. Well, it is what it is. Well, it is what it is. And we say that because we've lost hope. Well, it just is what it is. I'm starting to accept my current situation even though I hate it. Well, he's in that wheelchair. Well, it is what it is. I mean, the doctor said. I mean, nobody has ever. I mean, nobody has ever. How, how much? 3%. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I'll take the three all day, amen? <laughs> Praise God. Let me tell you today, nothing just is what it is when you have God on your side. Nothing is just the way that it is, praise God. And what you have to, as it says in this story, when, when, the, when the kingdom of the enemy was pressing down upon the people of God, and here they're blocked in, there's no more opportunity of escape, I love that they had a chance to look at God at that moment. And your Bible says that there was a hiding of God's power A hiding of God's power. It didn't mean that he was holding it back. It just meant that there was more than you have ever seen me ever do before in your life. That there is something that you've never ever seen me do. There was a hiding of God's power that you have yet to tap into and I will make a way where there wasn't even a way. You're never stuck when you have God in your life. You're never stuck when you have the God factor. You plug that into any equation, it changes the answer every single time. I can have nothing but problems plus sickness divided by disease and add on, you know, and it doesn't matter. When I place God in there, it changes the answer every time. Every single time. There was a hiding of God's power, and just when you thought it was over, there was still available something that you have not, as much as you've ever seen God do, you've not seen him do anything. You think you've the best experience you've ever had with God, you've not even seen nothing yet. You've not even scratched the surface when I hear scriptures that say ask in such a way that but more than you can even ask or think, I want you to believe me for more than you can even ask or think. I have a big imagination. I have a big asker. And he's like, is that it? You haven't even scratched the surface till you almost can't utter the words. God, I, that's too big. He's like, yeah, you're about there. We, we've not even seen him do a thing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. And when you got a God in which nothing is impossible, you got a God that the Bible says, if there is not a way, I will make a way. And he said, I'm gonna open up the sea. And I'm gonna make a way that you didn't even know was possible. Your little mind couldn't calculate it because of the physics and the math and the natural and the thing. And he said, I created all that. And I can mess up all those rules because I created them. And I can bring down something divine that'll make no sense to your math or your thinking or your science. And I'll make a way. I'll find a way. If a dog's got to bring a bag full of money to your door and drop it off, I'll do it. I mean, whatever it is, he'll do it. He will make a way where there is no way, and who are we to say there's no way? You can't say that when you have a God in your life, our God. You don't get to say there's no way. You don't get to say I can't. The Apostle Paul said I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For me to say that I can't would be saying that he can't. I don't think we believe that. I know that we think we can't. But I love this because there's opportunities that become favorable for the purpose to be accomplished because God didn't bring you this far for Satan to pull you back into that slavery again. He didn't bring you out of that just to pull you back in now to put you back into that. No, this is when you have, more, when you have no more options, this is the time for divine opportunity. When you are out of options and there's no other way in the natural, this is the best spot to be in to look for an opportunity to believe God. For something that I, as out of my wheelhouse, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand it. There's no way that I can see that it's going to happen. But what do you see? David had a different perspective, didn't he? All those men said, that man can't be defeated. That was a lie, wasn't it? The whole army of Israel said, we can't take that guy. Nobody can. He can't be killed. That was a lie. And it was because of perspective that they felt like they were out of options. We can't take him. We know his history. They're doing all the math and the stuff. And they said, man, look how big he is. Nobody can take him. And Davy said, I don't know about all the math and all the stuff, but is there not a cause? And he placed that giant up next to his great big God, and he said, man, this is nothing. This is nothing. And with one little stone, not out of all the weaponry of Israel, you couldn't do it. But I'm going to go over here and find me something made by God, not by man. And I'm going to pick that up, and I'm going to sling it over there, and it's going to work divinely directed, and I'll make a way where there wasn't even a way. They couldn't throw a spear. They couldn't shoot an arrow. They couldn't stab him with a sword. But Davy's going to go over and grab something created by God that's been sitting there the whole time that everybody missed. God will show you some things that he created that man couldn't do. And it'll make no sense to you, and we say it all the time. You'll have to attempt the ridiculous if you want to see the miraculous. Davy, that's ridiculous. I mean, they were mocking him. You came to see a fight. Give us our cheese and bread, boy what are you doing here? And he's like, are you kidding me? Is there not a cause? We got to shut this thing up. We can't allow this to continue. And you're going to have to get that fire on the inside of you, that there is a cause to take this city back, to take this region back. There is a cause. But you got to start looking for divine opportunity here in the middle of when there seems to be nothing and i got nothing in my pocket and i got no weapons in the natural that I can find. You better start looking for what it is that God's providing. That is an opportunity for you to begin to look at what it is that he's providing and for God to step into your situation. So watch this. Let's talk about perspective because we can see this, and, and far too many times we know that we're mad at God and we miss what he's doing because he's trying to provide opportunity. We keep looking back to the same old thing. Well, I need this, and I need that, and we keep looking back at how it's gonna come because it came that way before. And why, God, why? Why'd you lead me here? Why'd you allow this to happen? We just had a victory, and now I'm trapped in this thing, and the enemy is upon me. Watch this, and I'm gonna say this, and don't take it for what I don't mean it to mean. You all know me and you know exactly what I'm saying when I say things because you know me. So don't take this to mean something that I didn't say. But watch this. God will lead you into a place whereas these people, that were outnumbered, out-resourced, outmatched, overtaken, overpowered, trapped, and out of options. And see, here's the thing. The enemy loves to shut down the options in your life. God will lead you into some opportunities that your flesh doesn't like. but you'll never grow unless you get there. But that's not the only reason either. Watch this, the devil loves to shut down every option in your life for the purpose of trying to get you to quit. Wants you to give up. Toss your hands in the air and surrender because his real purpose of the devil is to kill your purpose. He loves a guy to wear a God of miracles shirt just as long as his life sucks and is hell. God of miracles, praise God. He loves that. He doesn't mind you coming to church and wearing the t-shirt. He doesn't mind you walking out in the, he just doesn't want your life to really reflect it though. He wants to steal your purpose with all these things that keep pounding away and pounding away and chipping away at us. And so when we run out of options in any area of your life, may I suggest you remember this, that you have just been presented with an opportunity an opportunity to experience God in a supernatural way in such a way that you may never have experienced before nor any other that you've ever seen. He will custom design a miracle just for you that will look like nobody else's, nobody else's. Because we can do that too in Christianity. Well, God did this for me. Well, he has to do that for me. You're not the same. And your situation's not the same. And it won't have to come the same way. And so don't box it in that way either. Somebody else's revelation of who God is and what they did for them, don't even box that in. Yours could be greater. Yours could be better. It could be bigger, but either way, it doesn't matter, we're getting out, amen? And so you have an opportunity to experience God in a supernatural way that you have never experienced him before. So you may run out of options, but somewhere inside of that circumstance is a hidden opportunity to see God's power revealed in your life. I believe many of you feel like Moses, maybe the children of Israel. I mean, maybe we failed somewhere for God to place us in this or allow this to happen. You know, it's easy to put the blame on us. Man, I blew it. I blew it. I mean, here we are delivered from Pharaoh. He wasn't gonna let us go. We came out miraculously. Now all of a sudden we're here with the Red Sea in front of us, a mountain on the left, wilderness on the right. Pharaoh's behind us. What are we gonna do? I see the desert filled with the enemy armies as far as the eye can see. They're coming to overtake me. The situation's going to wipe me out. And it's in that moment that we have no options. And so in those moments that we have no options, we have to begin to look for divine opportunity. If I can't look to the right or left or the front or the back, then I better start looking up. I better start looking up because he's gonna provide me with something. It's in that exact moment when you realize I can't go forward, I can't run anymore, I can't go to the left or right. You know, I love the story of General, of uh, 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 Chesty Puller. You remember the story of Chesty Puller? He was a Marine, uh, uh, he's a Marine hero. Uh, he went through a number of different wars. Chesty Puller, and uh, I think he was... Uh, I can't remember his rank, but he wasn't really high ranked, but he was a good leader. And Chesty Puller, Chesty Puller, his attack style was attack, attack, attack. I mean, man, they would, they would try to, you know, fill out all these things for him to do, and man, we're going to do this and that. Man, he'd just go straight forward and punch the enemy in the mouth. Take his men, and I mean, just go right for him. Scare him. Kind of like in the Bible when they would do that, right? They'd, they'd just scream and yell and run at you, and they're like, ah! And this guy did that. And so the story, this is a true story. I think it was in Vietnam. He, he got into a situation, and the enemy had been studying him because he'd been, wiping, he'd been wiping out the enemy. I mean, having victory after victory. So they're starting to find out who this guy is, and they're studying him. And so they tricked him. They knew that his aggressive attack style, he, they, he would chase them right in. So the enemy set up an ambush. And they set out a, a small group of guys, a troop, and, and pulled him in. Sure enough, and he chased him. He's like, we're going to go get him. And he chased him right into a trap. They stopped there in front and all of a sudden he realized the enemy was to the right and the left, and they closed around behind him. His men are outnumbered 10 to 1, literally 10 to 1. And this is a true story. He called in. He calls into headquarters, and he says, Well, the enemy's in front of us. The enemy's to the right. The enemy's to the left. They've closed in behind us. They won't escape us this time you got to start looking for opportunity that at anywhere that we shoot, we're going to hit one of the enemy. If he's going to surround me, then I don't really even have to aim at this point. It's no matter where I'm going to fire, I'm taking somebody out. And we've got to start looking for those kind of opportunities. But it's all about perspective. And by the way, he got out. Again. Again. But I mean, the enemy's upon me. I need an answer two days ago, right? It's too late. I can't do anything. Doctors can't help me, bank won't help me, lawyers can't help me, right? Friends can't help me. And it's at that moment you have an opportunity to recognize that it's not by might. It's not by power, but it is by his spirit, says the Lord. Where does your strength come from? I know we have an opportunity to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, and we don't like that. It feels like we're doing nothing. Oh, so many people have have come to me when issues are going on with us. Why aren't you doing something? I am. They want me stressed out. They want me walking around going, Oh my God, you guys. What are we going to do? That's never worked. What a waste of time. I am doing something. What? I'm waiting to see the salvation of the Lord. But aren't you going to say something? No, I'm holding my peace. Aren't you going to do something? I've done all I can do. There is nothing else I can do. I'm waiting to rely on the one and who holds all power and might in his right hand in which no enemy can withstand. I have an opportunity to get off of Facebook and get into the book. Come on. I have an opportunity to stop crying and start crying out to God who says, he always causes me to triumph. Always. No, I know what it looks like in the natural. All options are off the table, but I have an opportunity We all have, uh, when the visible options are gone, I have a divine opportunity. He said in Hebrews 4 and verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to look in a time of need? You better come boldly to the throne. He's not saying there's never going to be a place where you have no need. He says that you can find help in your time of need. So it's not about praying for the idea of me not having any needs to go away. We'll always have a need in one way or another. He's just saying, remember where you go when you have one. Remember what to do when that opportunity arises. So we have too many options. We think we don't need any divine opportunities, but watch this. Watch this. God led Israel into a trap. He told them to go there. He told them where to go. He led them into a trap. Can you imagine? What a good God. God led me right into this mess with friends like this, right? Just like Jesus saying, they're just like them telling Jesus, uh, your friend Lazarus is dead. And he's like, good, I'm glad. (laughs) He was out of options, but he knew there was an opportunity. But watch this. He led them into a trap, but not to trap Israel, to trap Pharaoh and the enemy because he knew the enemy was going to try to chase you down. He'll place you in a spot not to trap you, but to expose and trap the enemy. He'll he'll trap the enemy. And he wants to do something powerful in your life, an opportunity to work for you when the options have worked against you. I see it every day. We see it on Facebook, the phone calls that we get here at the ministry, that people feel out of options. I've turned left, I've turned right, and nothing's happened. Nothing's working for me. And so we have options, but when you're in control at the same time, do you know you're limited by your own control? When you can only do what it is that you can do, then you'll only get the results of what it is that you can get. I don't like my results as much as I like the ones in here. I really like the results they got in here. And we saw men fail and men rise in this book when they started realizing where it was that they had to turn. But I love this because it's in that moment that when I, when I run out of options, I run right into God. I think of that man in the, I'm thinking of that man in the, uh, in the synagogue when Jesus came and that man's hand was withered. Remember said his hand was withered? And he said, stretch out your hand. And he's like, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Stretch out my hand. Right, of course. Duh. I can't stretch out my hand. That's the issue. All he was saying was, I dare you to go as far as you can go because when you reach the end of everything you're doing, you'll get in the beginning of everything I'm going to do for you. Try it one more time. You try it one more time now under the unction of me telling you to do it, and you get to the end of everything you can do. You're going to get right to the beginning of what I'm about to do, and his hand went pow. He had tried it a thousand times before. He was out of options, but he had an opportunity there to do something. Has God told you to do some things? And you're like, ah, no kidding. Different season and a different you. I tried that already. Oh, but this time you ain't trying nothing. This time you're gonna do it. And that's the difference. You're not the same person as the first time. Everything's changed, everything's changed. God wants to show himself strong on your behalf. These people were overtaken and it's that moment you need to train yourself because it doesn't come automatically, I wish it did. As a believer, I wish that eventually I would just immediately say, yes, Lord, and throw up holy hands and celebrate and be happy about it, and I don't do that. Still, after all these years, I still try to run through some things that I could do. So it doesn't come automatically. So we train ourselves to look to the Lord, and that's the best moment for a miracle. When there's nothing left but to have a miracle, that's a wonderful place to be in. That's what took place in Mark 2. We see Jesus teaching in the synagogue. The place was so packed out, not another person could squeeze in. Now, you imagine the story, because here's four guys that said, we're going to go get Bob. He has been paralyzed. He hasn't been able to do it. I, we don't know why. The Bible doesn't say why he was paralyzed, but the man's paralyzed. And four friends are like, we're going to go get him because I heard Jesus is in that place. And we're going to take him up there. And he's going to walk. And so they go get him. I mean, they can, you imagine. They're excited. They're like, we know what we're going to do. And they go get old Bob, and he has to agree. Sure, let's go. And you know the whole time, they're like, dude, you are walking home. We can't wait to get you there. God is going to move in such a way, man. We saw him heal a leper. Man, we have seen this man, Jesus, do some stuff, brother. And when you get there, he is going to heal your body. And you are going to walk home. And, I mean, you know they're excited. They get there. Who knows how long they walked, and they show up, and you can't get in. Oh, come on, man. Come on. We got a sick friend here. And they're like, don't care. You ain't coming in here come on now. Well, we have another option. Let's go look at the window. Man, it's packed out. Has anybody got any money we can bribe an usher or something? Isn't, you ain't getting in. We're out of options. And at the moment they were out of options, what'd they do? They looked up. And they go and they find an opportunity for something amazing to happen. Because we can keep looking at the why I can't, or maybe you just find a way that you can Something that is so ridiculous and out of this world, and I said we were bringing you here to get you healed, you're going to get healed. And so they tie this man up on a cot and pull him up the side. Imagine sitting here and seeing somebody being drug up the side of the building. Us hearing the noise up there. Jesus is trying to preach. Dust falling in his hair. You know how preachers are about Our hair stuff falling down on him, chunks are falling in on the thing, he's interrupting the service, these guys are up there, and they rip that thing open, and they're looking down there smiling, and you know Jesus is looking up smiling, (laughs) and he's like, yeah, finally, somebody, and they found an amazing opportunity to do something in in an impossible situation, praise God, And I love it that they just drop them down, and I just love that they were able to find a way where there was no way. And he will give you those ideas and divine opportunities to do some things, but you're going to have to be the one to move. It'll be ridiculous. It won't make any sense. Why do I even have to do it? Don't know. Do it. I remember the first time he told me there was a cross-eyed boy standing in front of me, young teenage guy, good looking, but his eyes were crossed. And he said, I'm sick and tired of people thinking I'm stupid because my eyes are crossed. He said, I look stupid. I'm born with my eyes crossed. I don't, and God told me to dip my fingers in my water. I had a glass of water, and I'm like, dip my fingers in the water and put them on his eyes. And I'm like, why? And he said, okay, don't. I was like, okay, okay well, wait. <laughs> wait. Wait a minute. Why can't I just lay hands on him? Why can't I just pray for him? Why can't I just anoint him? Because that's not what I said to do. That could have worked for some others, but I'm telling you to do it this way. And I had to dip my fingers in my water and I told everybody, I'm, gonna, I'm just doing what it is. And I saw the pastor looking at me like, yeah. I'm like, I just gotta do what God told me to do. I'm gonna dip my fingers in this water and I'm gonna touch this boy's eyes. And so I did. I remember slapping his eye with my fingers. I said, go back to the bathroom and look in the mirror. And when you do, this time you're looking to see straight eyes, not crossed. You've always looked and seen crossed eyes. Now I'm telling you to have an expectation. He went back there and we heard, Whoa! and he came running back out and his eyes were straight. Glory to God. We had an opportunity, right? I was out of options. God said, you're doing this. You, I'm not laying hands. You're not anointing with oil. We're not praying for him. We're not getting all the saints together. We're not, you're going to just do this. And you might look ridiculous, but we achieved the Miraculous. He'll make a way where there was no way. That boy had been prayed for a 100 times before. He was an easy target. But when God says for you to do something, you do it. You just do it. Rip a roof off if you have to, praise God. Come on, we heard about this man that was healing, and I love that, that they were presented with an opportunity to look up, and they were able to tear into the place. And they didn't have any options, but they had a divine opportunity. And I love that. And and so let me say this, that sometimes you have to take advantage of a divine opportunity. You'll look foolish. You'll look foolish. Pastor's face changed (laughs) when that boy came out with straight eyes. And I asked him, I said, what was your problem? He said, that's ridiculous. I said, yep, it sure is, but go ask him. And he's like, yeah, we have seen some strange things today. Ripping a roof off a building, Jesus is trying to teach, and all the stuff falling down. But again, if you want to achieve the miraculous, you'll have to do something that sometimes is just ridiculous. They lowered that man down there. So most of the time when it comes to divine opportunity, you'll have to take a risk. You'll have to override normal protocol. Normal protocol, right? Well, we don't do that here. Well, then you won't see it here either. Well, I don't do that. Then you won't see it. I've never done that. Well, then maybe I ought to try it. You're going to have to do some things that go against protocol, that don't make any sense. You can't worry about your reputation. You don't have one anyway. And you got to be able to put it all on the line for Jesus. And I can't look at what you did and who did what and why. I just know what God told me to do, and that's all that I can do is look to God. And God's been waiting on us to recognize that we have supernatural divine opportunities setting right here before us in the middle of a mess but it'll require you to do, if you want something different, you're gonna to have to do something different. Something different. Well, I've been praying and praying and praying that maybe that's not your answer. I'm not against prayer, but maybe that's not it. Well, we went to this meeting, that meeting, the other meeting, that maybe that's not your answer. Maybe you just need to stop and say, but what do you want me to do? What am I missing right here that could be in front of my face? And it probably is gonna be something so ridiculous you're gonna to have to ask, was that even you, Lord? Is that really you? It's all about perspective. Scientists took two little six-year-old girls into a lab one day. And they had, these, they had this room set up with windows around it, and they wanted to test childhood behavior. So they take these two little girls. They kept them separate. And this room was filled with manure, and they threw this little girl in there, and she sat in there, and she cried, and she cried, and she cried, pounding on that door and begging to get out, the room filled with manure. And, I mean, she is so upset and crying, and so they let her out, and, I mean, she's just so upset. They throw this other little six-year-old girl in there, and she's running around, and she's throwing it, and she's playing in it, and she's laughing, and she's excited, and they pull her out, and they're like, why did you respond that way? And she said, if there's this much manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. You have to decide what you want to do with the manure. Right? You have to decide what it is. Which little girl would you be? In the middle of a mess of the world, what little girl would you be? We can take the manure of this world, but you could turn it into a divine opportunity. When you step into divine opportunities, that's where we've stepped into the realm of God's now leading us. God's now in control. And that has to happen for you. You have to be out of control so that God can be in control. Less of me, more of you. That's the whole idea, right? Because you're willing to be led because you don't have any more options. I know we don't like to get to that point where we can't fix it, where we don't have the answers. Moses was told, tell these people to go forward. What do you mean go forward? There's a Red Sea, there's mountains, there's an enemy, you're telling me to go forward into an obstacle that is an impossibility. I can't, how can I? What if God is saying, if you want an answer, you're gonna have to challenge the obstacle. You're gonna have to challenge it. You're gonna have to stand up to it. Well, if we're gonna move forward, I guess the sea is gonna have to part. hmm I challenge you to challenge it, to stand face-to-face with whatever it is and to challenge it. If you want an answer, you're going to have to challenge the obstacle to go forward. Don't allow, don't allow the obvious to overwhelm you. Don't allow man's wisdoms and education and the, st- the statistics, you know. And, and don't allow ministers. I, I always hear pastors say this thing like, well, we already tried that. Like, they're the end all be all. Like, them trying it and failing means, well, then none of you all idiots have a chance. Right. Well, maybe you did, but I'm not you. God told me to do this. We've already tried that, and it didn't work. Guys, if I had listened to that, we wouldn't do one single thing we've ever done in this ministry. Television, we already tried that, and it didn't work. Need another church? Another church? We already tried that, and it didn't work. That stuff doesn't fly around here. Well, I don't know what's flying, but it's working, praise God. I don't care how many people have gone out before you and have failed. Got the t-shirt, you know, I don't care. Move forward and attack the problem by faith. Walk, you guys understand that every single thing that was impossible was impossible until somebody went and did it? (laughs) Everything, that's why we have a Guinness Book of World Records. (laughs) Things that can't be done keep being done. Well, they'll never do that again. Well, somebody else came along and they did it again and they did it better, and they did it quicker, right? So I don't care how many went before you and failed, don't allow that to stop you, move forward, attack it. Walk right into the addiction and stand your ground and say, I'm facing this thing, right? You got addiction in your life? And I'm not just talking about drugs, we're addicted to all kinds of things. Some people are addicted to drama, some people are addicted to trouble. Their life isn't even worth living if they don't have trouble and issues to talk about. Whatever it is, you can stand there and face these kind of addictions. Walk right, in, walk right into the doctor's office and even if you leave without the report that you wanted, leave with a smile on your face. Why? Because I've already got me another report. And whose report am I gonna believe? That's ridiculous. I know. But I'm gonna achieve the miraculous and God will make a way. We've never seen cancer like this healed. Well, I'll be the first. I'll be the first one. Well, you can't live off of that kind of an income. It's impossible. Okay. Well, it's a good thing it's not my source. That I have a God in which nothing is impossible. He'll make a way. He'll make a way. Guys, early on in my life, we got into credit card trouble. Did it ourselves. Did it ourselves. And we called to try to start this make a deal, right? Right? I mean, we're looking at it, and it's like they've been sending us stuff, and it's, I mean, this is early on in, in my life. They're sending you stuff. I mean, it's bad, you know. We, you owe a ton of money, and it's stacking up, you know, 20% because it was so wise, to, you, know, you know, 20% interest. Okay, whatever. I just need money now. And it was amazing to call this place. I remember I'm sitting right there, and I call, and I'm like, all right. How much do we owe? I mean, well, it says zero balance. I'm like, no, no this is Don Allen. (laughs) You just sent me something in the mail. You're coming to get all my stuff. What do we owe? Sir, you don't owe anything. I'm like, I don't understand. She said, well, what don't you understand about zero? (laughs) I said, you don't owe anything. And I'm like, are you, am I talking to the right place? She's like, guys, we got ourselves in that mess. God will get you out. He's working and I don't even know how, I don't know who, I don't know what, I don't know if she accidentally hit a delete button, I don't know. But it never, and we did that ourselves, but God will make a way where there is no way. We didn't have the money to do that anyway, and we had built that up ourselves, got ourselves in the mess, and God will still make a way. He'll still make a way. So I'm not fearful, I'm not afraid, I'm walking by faith and not by sight, and you take the chance, you take the risk. You're gonna look foolish at times, Noah. Hundred years building an ark, and it's never rained. I knew what he said, and we're gonna do it. You're gonna look foolish, risk and, and look foolish at times. Moses in this situation, they're like, move forward! And he walks up with a rod and goes, Ta-da! And they're like, that was the answer? Dude, we got to get out of here. And he's like, I know, shut up. (laughs) How foolish. How foolish. Call down angels or something, man. That's not what he said to do. I'm just going to stand here with this rod because something's going to happen. What if God asked you to walk out of your apartment tomorrow morning and just stand there and go like this? (laughs) Morning. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Come on, would you do it? Right, this is what we're talking about. We gotta look for these opportunities because God's gonna do it to you. He's gonna do it, right? It wasn't until all options were gone that God turned it into a divine opportunity. But notice this though, Moses had to raise the rod though. God didn't just split it. He asked him to do something that he could work with. And what he'll work with is faith. And faith will make you look stupid sometimes because it doesn't make any sense. Faith isn't supposed to make sense. Not at all. He had to agree to look foolish. He had to say, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. What good is it going to do? Don't you see that they're coming? Move forward. Stop looking in the natural. We've got a God in heaven that's spoken to existence, the entire universe, and you think he can't solve your little problem? He's a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, right? A light in the darkness. Come on, I mean, we sing the song, but do you believe it? Because all of that is talking about things that are the opposite, that he's going to do something anyway. Once we stop looking around, we can start looking up, and here we are, we want to escape, and God's saying, no, I don't want you to escape, I want you to experience. God, I just want out of this, and he's like, no, 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 you're going to have to go through it, but you're going to go through it. You're going to go through it, and you'll never go through it the same again. And you'll help others get through it. You understand there's always somebody following you, There's always somebody watching you, and man, they've been standing there with a rod in their hand wondering what to do, and there you are, and they're like, oh, oh, okay. We're always teaching somebody whether you know it or not. Your son, your kids are watching you. You've been believing, believing, believing. When it's been ugly, you've still been believing. You're just standing there like this, okay. My kids are coming home, right? but we want to get out and God's saying, no, I want you to go through. No, you're going to experience the full force of it, the fear, the heart rate going up, the whole thing. But will you believe me anyway? Nope. You're going to look stupid with your heart pounding, standing right there and everybody looking at you going, what are you doing? You're going to experience the whole thing. The whole thing. You don't get to just zap out of here. You're gonna experience the whole thing. We wanna get out, but God's saying, I just want you to go through. When you reach the point that you run out of options, you gotta turn to God. So many today aren't living for God because they still have too many options. They still feel like they can make it without him. The world offers you options. Jesus never did that. Jesus said this, follow me. Well, yeah, but can't I go? No. Let the dead bury their dead. Yeah, but I need to go do this. No. You follow me or you don't. Jesus wasn't very tolerant. He didn't give you a lot of options. He always said, do this. Do this. Are you one way? No, I'm the way. There's many paths. No, there's many paths to hell. There's one way to heaven. Just one. And and I'm not gonna give you the entire story of your life or the brochure of what the trip looks like. Just follow me wherever I go. If we end up in a valley... Let's go through the valley praising anyway because we're gonna go on through it. Don't fear the valley of the shadow of death. I'm there, just follow me. If we end up in a fiery furnace or we end up in a lion's den, you're still going to have to trust me. If you end up on top of it all and it's all going good, you're still gonna have to praise me. You're still gonna have to trust me because there's coming a day that you won't be on top. And you're still gonna have to trust me and believe me and stop leaning onto your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge me he says. I'm telling you, there's a miracle worker with you, and his name is Jesus. And when you got any options, and when you're out of the options, you have to, you have to turn to the Lord. You have to. And let me tell somebody that you may just run out of options soon because somebody's been praying for you, and the party's going to stop. No, no, no. You're going to run out of options because somebody's praying for you to run out of options, Somebody's praying that it happens. The party's gonna, you're gonna hit a place of, uh, of desperation, but praise God, you're gonna make the d- greatest discovery that you can ever make, and that there is Jesus right there to come and make a way where there was no way, and to give you life, and to give you life more abundantly, and you can't find that when you have too many options. I've been drinking and taking drugs and running around and partying and doing all this stuff, and, and, I, and I remember I was out in Camdenton and I'm partying. I mean I am I mean and I'm out of school now, you know? So I'm thinking, man, there's I I I got to quit doing this at some point, right? I mean, this I'm partying like I'm still in high school, you know? And I mean, I'm at this party and I mean, just people everywhere in this guy's house. I mean, it was just big open place and all these people and the music's blaring and there's this little TV over in the corner and but you know what? I would just been not happy anymore. Drinking wasn't an option anymore. It wasn't working. Drugs wasn't working. Girls weren't working. It, wasn't, it just wasn't bringing me the joy anymore. My options, I don't know. I knew God, been to church, raised right, chose to do wrong. Parents did it right. Church and God, and I mean, pumped that into me, no problem. But they never stopped praying. And I love this because I was placed into a a spot in what I used to think brought me joy. And I used to think this is the only escape and this is the only way. And I was the most miserable guy sitting in that room. And I remember I'm sitting on the couch and people are dancing and laughing and making out and drinking and partying and this little TV over in the corner. And you couldn't really hear it. But how many of you know like when you focus, how many of you know like if we were in here right now and a cricket started chirping, you wouldn't hear anything else? (laughs) over everybody doing this. And you're like, ah, right. That TV became that to me. All of a sudden it caught my ear in the midst of all the noise and the stuff. And I'm just sitting there and I am miserable. Everybody's having a good time. I'm out of options. It's not working anymore. And a commercial comes on that TV and I can hear it over everything. It's like the C part. Everybody just went. And I'm just sitting there and here's a guy putting on these dress pants. It doesn't show his face. Looks like a younger guy getting dressed. He's putting on, it looks like a tux. He's putting on these pants. He's tucking in that white shirt. It's got the, the you know, the stuff, and he's, he's putting on his bow tie, and and it's got, uh, every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man, right? It's playing on this commercial, you know, ZZ Top, and he's he's putting his tie on, and you don't see his face, and, he, and he's getting his tux on, and he puts that jacket up there and pops it, you know, and I mean, he's it's looking good, and every girl's crazy about a sharp dressed man. I mean, he's just he's standing there, and then he goes and lays in a casket, and the music stops. All dressed up, know where you're going. And I was sitting there and I'm like, I'm going to hell. And I stood up and walked out of that party. I'm like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? I'm all out of option. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And I drove back here into town and and I sat up here for an hour. This is like at 2 a.m. in the morning. I'm sitting up here in Lori, and I'm just sitting there and I can't even drink the beer that I brought with me and I was already drunk and it didn't matter and I was so miserable and I was bawling my eyes out. What am I gonna do? And I'm like, that's it. I'm gonna drive down to so-and-so's house and knock on their door. I don't know what to do. It's three o'clock in the morning and I knock on this man's door and he opens it immediately. Whoosh, I've been waiting for you what? And because people had been praying behind the scenes, other people were ready to be right there for God to make a way where there was no way, and for that man to be standing there waiting all night to answer the door. Because God knew behind the scenes the one person that could talk to me that night, and he was sitting there waiting. And he opened that door, he said, I've been waiting for you all night, and prayed with me. And it was that point that turned my entire life to get where I am today. That one man right there that God had set up to make a way where there was no other way. Nobody else could have talked to me. I didn't want anybody else to talk to me. But at 3 a.m., that man had been sitting up all night. Why, Lord? Why why can't I sleep? What is stirring? Waiting for this. Whoosh. Scared me to death. (laughs) (laughs) i didn't expect him to just be standing there i've been waiting for you all night (laughs) glory to god he'll make a way we got to be looking i've been waiting for you all night and he took me in there and he loved the hell out of me that night and so uh, here's the thing there's going to be opportunities when there's no more options in life god grabbed me up and he took me in so i'm telling you, you those that are having issues with your families you need to start looking for these opportunities kids living like hell and going crazy, guys, they'll never get away. I couldn't get away. Mama prayed. She was praying. And he'll turn on some stupid, cheesy commercial to get him if he has to. He'll mess up their, their, um, you know, their, their music selection and somehow throw something in there that they didn't put in there. You know. I mean, God will make a way where there is no way, but my point to you is this, don't you give up. Don't you stop praying. Don't you stop challenging the issue that is there when it even involves other people. You've got to keep fighting for your family. You've got to keep pushing and fighting and praying and believing that somehow, somewhere, some way, something could open up. When it's all said and done, there's nothing left to turn to in the natural. The fire's getting hot and you're wondering, How am I in this basket and going down so quick? It's at that point that you'll find Jesus in the furnace with you, He'll be right there. It was Abraham Lincoln that said that I've often been driven to my knees by the overwhelming sense that I have nowhere else to go but to God. What a great spot to be in. I want to tell Abraham Lincoln, why don't you scoot over? I need, to, I need to get on my knees. I don't have the answers when I'm out of options. In Second Chronicles 20, we're almost done. They were completely invaded and surrounded by three major enemy armies. It wasn't one or two. It was all three of them. And they're up on this mountaintop, and they're totally surrounded by the enemy. There's no way out. There's nowhere to go. In 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 12, oh, our God, will you not judge them? I mean, he's been, you know, know, everybody's running to him saying, Jehoshaphat, they're here. Oh, there's another one because everybody loves to share the bad news. Oh my gosh, did you hear? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Jehoshaphat, they're here, they're here, they're here, they're here, they're here. They're coming, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, Jehoshaphat? God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude. We're out of options, Lord. There's nothing that we can do. They're coming against us. We're outnumbered. We don't know what to do. We're out of options. We're overtaken, but we're not forsaken. We don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, but here comes the opportunity. He says, but my eyes are upon you. No, I see all that, and all of that is very real. But he said, I can't look at that anymore, and my eyes are upon you. My eyes are upon you. Get your eyes upon me because what's the, it's gonna draw your attention away from the problem that you've been focusing on and start getting it on the solution. And we gotta get back to the solution. Place your eyes upon me. Trust me, look at me. I, I, listen, I, I can do it when you can't do it. I can fix it when you broke it. I can help you, but you gotta put your eyes on me. And the Bible says when they begin to fast and pray, And they placed all their worship leaders and singers on the front line and started singing that God is good and his mercy endures forever. And they began singing and all the supernatural forces came into the enemy's camp and they destroyed themselves. And your problem will destroy itself when you won't even have to lift a finger to do it. All you gotta do is look to him and that thing will eat itself alive and expose itself and destroy itself and you can be sitting there never getting your hands dirty. What you can't be, God can be. And when you run out of options, it's an opportunity for God to show himself strong, but you got to get out of the way. You got to get out of the way. So when all the options you've always are gone, you've always got something. You've got the anointing. You got the anointing that says destroys yokes and removes burdens. That's 99% of the issues we have right there. Yokes and burdens. And when I got nothing left out there, that's when you turn to the one that you got on the inside, the greater one. The greater one. We see this woman in in Mark 5, 12 years. 12 years with an issue, chronic, ongoing. Ran through all the options, didn't she? Every specialist, every doctor. It got worse, it got worse, it got worse. Now she has no money. She's got no money. Now she's really out of options. No money, no more hope. You know, this is when the doctors will say, there's no more that we can do for you. And that's exactly what they mean, is there's no more that they can do, but that in no way means there's no more that can be done. Your God will never say those words. But here she is, I love this, she's out of options, nothing left, and I love that all of a sudden she has an opportunity. She hears about Jesus, and she came behind, and she grabbed the hem, and the virtue came out of him and healed her, and her blood was dried up immediately. But that didn't happen as long as she had options to keep seeking other treatments and other things. But when she found herself out of options, that's when she found an opportunity. We see the same thing with the prodigal son. Blew it all, didn't he? But when he ran out of options and he's sitting there eating pig slop, because I'm telling you, there's a famine coming to your life when you don't have Jesus. And he's sitting there and he's out of options. He took everything the Father gave him and he squandered it. How many of you have had better days? But man, I I squandered it. I used to have some things. I used to have some things going and it feels like I squandered it. I I took advantage of it. I didn't appreciate things enough, it seems like at times. And all of a sudden, here we are. we're, We're sitting next to a pig eating pig slop. And I love that it says when he was totally out of options, all of a sudden he remembers, wait a minute, my father, even his servants have bread enough to eat. He's thought about the father. He put his focus back on the father and he had to get up and he had to come home. And the father met him right there with another amazing divine opportunity. And he brought that son back in even after he had squandered every opportunity that he had before. The father was willing to take one more chance and he's willing to take one more chance on you today. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet this morning. Your Father will bring you right back in and put a robe on you and a ring on your finger and shoes on your feet. Even when you've been out there and it's all been gone and it's all been squandered and you run out of every option, you have an opportunity right now to look for a divine opportunity in your life. So whatever's going on in your life right now that you've been trying to handle, you feel like you're at the end of your rope, I want you to lift your hands right now and I want you to look to heaven and I just want you to say, Father God, what opportunity do I have sitting here before me? Ask him to show you what it is that you've missed. Don't, don't preconceive idea this thing. What is it that I've missed, God? What do you have sitting before me that I need to grab a hold of? What stone do I need to look for to get to slinging? What do you have for me sitting here? Lord, I'm desperate. I'm out of options. I'm out of options. But I need a divine opportunity. Tell me what it is, Father. God still speaks to people. Come on, he's speaking to you this morning. What have I missed? And then whatever it is that he tells you, your answer is yes, sir. I'll do that. I'll pick, up, I'll pick up the rod and I'll hold it out over the water if I have to. I'll go look for those five smooth stones. If that's what you're telling me to do, I'll do it. I'll rip a roof off of a place. I'll push my way through a crowd if I have to, to get to him. Whatever it is, Father, show me. What have I I missed here? I'm out out of options, Lord. I can't turn right or left. He's gonna make a way where there was no way, and it probably won't make any sense to you. But try it. I dare you to try it, to see if God won't open it up for you. Father, we thank you for divine opportunities in the name of Jesus, Father God, for you to, to be able to expose us to your mind, expose us to your realm and your workings, Father God things that are above us, things that are higher than our thinking, Father, things that are above our natural problem-solving problem skill level. I thank you. You've already made a way where there is no way. And I thank you that you are showing them by the Holy Spirit right now, Father, their way out, their way out, the divine opportunity to walk in freedom, to get away from the enemies, to find healing, to find deliverance, to get out of the fiery furnace that they've been in, to be able to come back home and be right back into that place in the family where they belong. Show them that path, that divine opportunity, Father. I thank you by the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. They shall not fail in Jesus' name, amen? Amen, You're, you're gonna have issues this week. You're gonna be able to look for a divine opportunity. Don't miss that chance, amen? Thank you for joining me for Church at the MHC Sermon of the Week. I'm your host, Pastor Don Allen. You feeling like you've been overtaken by life's issues? Overtaken doesn't mean forsaken. What if these issues were really just opportunities? Opportunities for a miracle in your life. Be sure to join us for Church at the MHC every Sunday, 10 a.m. in person at the Midwest Healing Center, 728 North Main Street in Laurie, Missouri at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. Our online live streaming video on the Two Guys in the Bible Facebook page. Want to sow into the ministry? TwoGuysIntheBible.com. Hit donate. Church at the MHC, where we love the hell out of your life.